on the road. Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slip Matt, and you're in turn to the On the Rave. On the Rave. On the Rave podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Greetings and salutations to all of the ravers out there. I am the king of going crazy and having cabin fever in lockdown, Gav. And I am underneath a muggle staffy called Patrick. I'm Addy. And you're tuned in once again to the On, On the Rave podcast. Addy, how's it going? It looks comfy up there. It is comfy and I keep warm with the, with the derg. With the Dirk, that's Pat making another cameo for all of the Pat fans out there. Don't forget that Pat's got his own Twitter handle where you can find out what Pat thinks about all things wrestling. Uh, you can probably find it via Addy on Twitter. In any case, um, we are about to have a conversation with a proper lovely bloke, but before we do that, let's Maybe crack out a little bit of Ravers Choice. choice yeah, that's how we normally start these things. And again, we've been on Facebook and friend of the podcast, Mr. Spud, the man of a million faces, Paul. Thank you very much. I've picked an absolute banger. We asked for bangers and we picked one up. Yeah. Proper body banger, that is. Wait, there we go. Let's get a bit of frags on.
There's a bit of frags and that was a party banger. Thank you very much, Spud, for pointing that out for all of us. Yes, Spud. Yeah, cheers for that, lads. And uh, don't forget to keep an eye on what motion sickness are doing once the COVID fucks off. I, I hear the, they've got line wax on. You hear they've got line wax on? Q told us. Q told you. Has he poked lie. them enough in the ribs about it now, has he? No, it's a lie. No, it's, <laughs> it's Addy fabricating lineups for local raves there. Uh, in any you case, should have line wax on, though. Well, shouldn't everyone have lime wax on? Like, one you hour Agent Orange set. Bep, 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 on for an hour. Yeah. Every class. As long as Q was the sexy, sexy, like, pole dancer out the front, then I'd be all down for that. Can Q just would definitely come to Newcastle for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. We can grease them up in hot sauce and watch them go. Um, in any case, let's crack on and let's get this podcast on. So you're about to hear a conversation that me and Addy have just had on Zoom once again. Thank you for putting up with the crappy fucking audio quality for now. But in any case, we've just had an amazing conversation on Zoom with someone who was the shared discovery in the podcast just a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, you're about to hear a conversation that we had with the awesomely talented Jack, Jack Azid. Addy, guess what? What's that, Gavin? We've managed to convince yet another person to sit on the line with us and talk some shit about rave. Uh, would you believe it for being a fucking rave podcast and all that? Um, but we are sat on the line now with the shared discovery from two podcasts ago, which is mad. Um, it was suggested by Stu, good friend Stewie Robs of the podcast, and he said to get you on, and we listened to your all tunes right. and thought, yeah, let's absolutely get this guy on. So we're on the line right now with Jack Azid. How's it going, man? Are you good? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's good to be on here. Sounds no worries, mate. <laughs> um, why don't you tell everyone, for the uninitiated, a little bit about what it is you do in the world of music? Okay, so, um, I mean, my main focus is kind of like ravey music, so mostly sort of hardcore, um, a bit of the faster stuff, like the 170 sort of stuff, and also kind of some of the slower rave breaks, sort of old school influence stuff. Um, I've been sort of doing it, uh, I guess, my my first tune that was released was like in 2007, which was a a remix of the Silic Bang TV advert, which is where everything took off. Amazing. And yeah, since then I've sort of uh, done all sorts of stuff. Like uh, I spent a few years doing stuff with Nuclears, um, and then uh, around 2012 I started sort of being more independent and working with sort of different labels. Um, so yeah, cool sound. Cool. Um, yeah, that, that's that, that's spot on. Uh, whereabouts can people find you if they want to try and find you? Um, so I'm on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash Jagazid. Um, that's where I've been listening. Like, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I guess I keep most up to date and I post mixes as well as tunes on there. Um, there's that, um, and I'm on most streaming things like Spotify, Google play. Um, and, uh, my label oral adrenaline is on Bandcamp. It's oral adrenaline. Uh, music.oraladrenaline.net um, so yeah cool no worries and I'll bang a link to that in the comment down there so you can all see pick a link and see what's going on but what we'll do we will crack on and start answering a few of these questions for this podcast so the place we normally start is with section one uh, early influences so who played the music in the house what sort of music was played as you were growing up what did you grow up with so I mean I guess my dad was the one who's more into music um, and he was sort of into all sorts of stuff like a bit of funk soul sort of stuff and sort of nice. 80s like synth pop stuff as well um, and I guess you know so there was music around and stuff but um, I think the thing that really the discovery that really piqued my interest in music was kind of by accident because um, basically I think my parents had bought some dance compilation on tape around 1992 1993 and it sort of had quite conventional sort of commercial dance music on it but it just so happened that the last track at the end of it was um out of space by the prodigy um and i remember when i first heard that track as 
I, basically like four year old kid. It was it was sort of so different to anything else I heard. Like the, just the the combination of samples, you know, like reggae samples, hip hop vocals, break beats, um, and, and there was nothing else I'd really heard like it. And that got me interested in in the prodigy from a very young age, um, which is why. Um, I picked one of their songs as my uh, first discovery. Cool. What is it about The Prodigy, do you think, that really struck you as a youngin? I mean, I, I didn't get in The Prodigy until I was a little bit older. We also always have an argument about the best Prodigy album on this podcast. Before well, Addy be, gets into your brain, be before Addy gets into your brain, what's the best Prodigy album, in your view? So, for me, it's experience. Just yes! The... <laughs> <laughs> the sort of so well. the that sort of aesthetic of that album is it, it, the most sort of ravey hardcore album. Like I do like the later ones, but that's what sort of formed my musical taste. I think sort of that sound. Um, so yeah, that that's why it would be my favorite. I mean, the second album, Guilt Generation. There's some tracks that have that vibe, but that's when they start to go more. Big beat and uh, electronica, sort of. Totally agree. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's a it's a popular popular choice on the podcast to pick experience. Like to be fair, and it's what the, track it's is the it correct like choice to... as well, Gav? It's the correct choice. Well, as you keep saying all the time, Addy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the correct choice. Um, but in any case, uh, let's whack a bit of tunes on for everyone. So, which track is it you've actually picked? So the track I picked was um, "One Love," which is actually from their second album but i'd say it's probably the most ravey tune from that album um and part of the reason i picked it was just when we first had cable tv when i was a kid i remember the music video for that quite vividly and like the the cgi animation which today probably looks pretty crap but i just, <laughs> I just remember like being really fascinated with the video and stuff and i really like the sort of acid didgeridoo sound in the middle um so yeah cool well, let's get a little bit of prodigy on for everyone for the early influences track here. It's a little bit of one love.
That was a little bit of the prodigy with the best prodigy album ever experience. But this is One Love. It was a bit of One Love from the amazing, we say it all the time, but the amazing XL Records all the way out in 1993. Um, what a wonderful, wonderful way to kick off yet another one of these podcasts. Um, we'll crack straight on and get into section two um, and move into finding your own feet. So maybe after the music that was like pushed on you or happened upon you, what music sort of came to the front when you started looking for it for your own so it it really took a long time for me to actually discover music that wasn't kind of pushed on to me and so a lot of sort of my early music listening that was self-discovered was kind of from mostly from buying like dance compilations just because they're a good way of getting a load of tunes in one go and discovering stuff that you might not know although a lot of them kind of were commercially uh slanted so um yeah so artists who I was like definitely into as artists were like um the chemical brothers um underworld fat whistle and they're kind of quite established names and stuff yeah but still um, dropping absolutely mint tunes yeah right. um yeah i mean the most recent project album it's good that some of their more recent stuff has kind of gone back to that rave sound because um, I kind of missed it, you know, the, the rock sort of vibe that they have for a lot of their stuff is cool, but using like the stabs and, you know, like high-pitched vocals and stuff is, you know, my jam, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, That's what I, I, I couldn't agree with the rocky stuff. I mean, it was going all right, but it's very much felt like festival music at the time. It's kind of catering to that different uh, demographic of the crowd, which, which they were playing at the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of, you know, if that's, if that's true to them, then it's good that they're doing it. But it's, you know, I definitely missed the original sound that they sort of break through with. So. Yeah. One of the repeated things that come up when we talk about Prodigy is the different time people got into Prodigy. So younger mm. people will only know Prodigy with that rock Prodigy aesthetic and they won't yeah, really know yeah. the earlier stuff. So they'll vibe off the rocky stuff. So what's just been dropped to them will seem peculiar because they're used to that big metal-y sort of, American EDM sort of style, do you know what I mean? And other yeah. people like like us, the slightly older, the slightly more weary, the slightly rave hardened, um, are into that earlier, bigger. I mean, I'm into that break beat, fake piano, big stabby, high pitched vocals. That's the sort of prodigy that gets yeah. me going. Do you know what I mean? But to be fair, we've talked about it before. There's not really a bad prodigy song out there, is there? No, yeah, they're all, they're all good. It's just. I mean, I guess the fact that they've done a bunch of different styles means they appeal to, like, a wide range of people. Yeah. So what other artists were you uh, were you, were you discovering? Um, so I guess, so 
as artists who I liked for being artists, I think the ones I reeled off, like Fatboy Slim, Chemical Brothers, um, Underworld, they were sort of ones that anytime they released something new, I'd be, you know, bang into it. And I guess one of the things with dance music, especially early on, is that a lot of people would release sort of tunes, like one-offs under one name. So it, it didn't make as much sense to sort of follow artists. So there were a lot of times that there'd be one tune a tune I liked by an artist that was the only track of theirs I sort of heard um I think the track I chose for my choice for um my for for this category um was kind of an example of that it was a, it was another track that was sort of right at the end of a dance compilation which they probably just threw on to give like the harder sounds of music some representation like after right. fucking like the lighthouse family and <laughs> snap and people like that <laughs> Yeah. So, so what is it about this tune that sort so, of made it stand out? You said it was the end of the CD, so you've been through everything else and you had this one harder bit at the end. How did you discover it? Was it like attached to a magazine or something? Or? It, it was a CD I bought. It was on um, a CD called Dance Zone Level 5. Um, I think it came out in like 1995. But a fond memory I actually have of this track is, um, <laughs> again, like at my... Uh, seventh birthday party like my mum hired like a dj at like um the pub near me or whatever and nice. i i asked for this song to be played and he said oh i've not heard of it i haven't got it and i sort of said oh you do it's on that cd there i've got it as well and <laughs> i asked them to put it on and they went from like playing i don't know what it was like the macarena or whatever to this fucking acid techno banger <laughs> and <it> just <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Uh, did it yeah. did it proper clear the dance floor, or were they done with it? I mean, the thing I guess, like kids, don't really have strong opinions on things at that time. I think they just loved it. it was a, a noisy piece of techno music for whatever it was, even though they didn't know it. But um, very good to I, ju- I, just I, jump around to anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, so I think I came back to this tune recently because I remembered that time of hearing that tune. I think. It's still a sort of a banging tune now, which you can't say about a lot of techno records from that era. Like they don't sort of slap as much as as they did back then. But um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't see no better reason than to play the tune that you've hyped up for everyone. So, do you want to introduce the tune for everyone, Josh? Sure. Um, I'll try and get the pronunciation right because I think it's a, a Dutch DJ name. So it's a uh, DJ Missia and DJ Tim with access.
Yeah, that was the absolutely banging Mishnah and Tim with their access. And of course, Mishnah is the die witness and various other classical geysers from back in the day. You're always exposing people's pseudonyms, Addy. Well, it's not a big secret, Gav. It's not a big secret, this one. If it's on Discogs, it's not a secret. No, no, it's not a secret at all. Yeah, I suppose. The almanac that is Discogs. Oh, sweet. Let's move along to section three of the podcast and talk about first wave memories. I can see the smile on your face, everyone. We are on Zoom, as I say. Um, uh, and let's chat about first wave memories. So, do you remember the very first rave that you ever went to? Or, like the majority of people that we talk about, is it a bit of a spangled memory? So, it is a bit blurry, yeah. Um, I remember, because I was into, I got into hardcore a little bit before I was old enough to actually go to raves. And unfortunately, although this is probably a good thing now, I always looked a lot younger than I am. So, even if I tried to chance it, I'd get ID'd. So, it wasn't possibility until i was sort of 18 um so when that, that was i guess that'd be like 2006 um so at the time i had a mate in in bournemouth like a lot of people near where i lived weren't really into the same sort of music as me but through the internet stuff there was a mate of mine in bournemouth who was like oh yeah when you can finally come raving let's you know let's go to something so i think i went to something at I can't remember the exact event, but it was probably at Club Destiny in Bournemouth. Um, I certainly remember that a lot of the Thin and Crispy producers were sort of active then, and I was big into their music, and I think part of the reason I was going was because a few of them were playing. Um, I think definitely sort of Robbie Long, maybe Stormtrooper, and maybe D-Light were were playing, um, and I was sort of big into all of their tunes. So. that's partly why I chose one of those here. Um, but yeah, that was a sort of a sound I'm quite nostalgic about from when I first went raving because their stuff was sort of, it had current sort of sounds for that time, but it wasn't too trancey. It was sort of quite bouncy, um, which the bouncy sound is sort of, wasn't that big sort of down south at least um, at that time. So I quite like their stuff that it still kept some of that bouncy uh, ethos to it. Yeah, one of the things that often gets talked about is like the north, the north-south divide in music. Like, is is what gets thought about that bouncy sound up north, and then the harder sound. Sorry, the the harder sound up north, and the bouncy sound down south. Have you have you found that while you've been out playing and stuff like that, the different sounds? So I didn't really understand that until much later on, um, because yeah. I, I I really I didn't go travelling that far to raves until a bit later when I started getting booked for things further away. Um, yeah. I definitely sort of definitely want to spend time in like Glasgow and stuff. Like the thing yeah. about my DJ sets is I often play a bit of four, four stuff, a bit of breaksy stuff, um, like a bit of everything. And one thing that I noticed in certainly in Glasgow is like you play something that breaks in and it, it clears the floor <laughs> in a hardcore Absolutely. night anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, they want they want it to be four to the floor and hard as like. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. People like what they like, but um, that's it. In a way, in a way, I like that people are still into a lot of the bouncy techno sort of sound up there, whereas it's it's not so big down here. Well, there's still uh, quite a big scene for that for the bouncy stuff, especially places like Glasgow and Edinburgh. 
Yeah, I've definitely felt cool. like obviously that's where Scott Brown is from, and you know he sort of pioneered some of that sort of bouncy techno sort of sound back in the day. Yeah, a lot of it under yeah. a lot of different names, as we've as we've already discussed as well. So cool. <laughs> so um, so if you if you go back to that one night, is there one tune that you, that remember that that sort of that sticks out that you'd like to play to everyone as your first wave of memory? And is there yeah. a story behind it? So again. I'm not even sure if it was this was played that night, but it's it's definitely um, typical of the sort of thin and crispy sound that I was big into at that time. And there's a good chance it was played. Um, so this track's called Dopest DJ. It's by Robbie Long and Stormtrooper, and it yeah, it's got a lot of elements that I certainly used to like back then in in hardcore music and still do. So it's a four four tune, but it's got a lot of the older sort of sounds like stabs and pianos um, and uh, sort of high-pitched vocals that don't say a lot but do a lot. Yeah, sound no worries. Then let's get it on for everyone. Here's a little bit of the dopest DJ. <laughs>
there we have it. There was a little bit of Robbie Long and Stormtrooper. That was dopest DJ, um, Thin and Crispy, 2005. Uh, lovely, 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 lovely. So let's roll straight on to section four of the podcast, which is where we talk a little bit about Festival Fever. So do you like a bit of a festival? Do you love a bit of what we refer to as outdoor noise? So funnily enough, I haven't been to a lot of festivals. Um, right. The ones that... <laughs> The ones I've been to are sort of um, Boomtown, uh, and although I, I don't know if it counts as a festival or not, but I'm to Bang Face weekend. Bang Face definitely counts as a festival. Bang okay. Face is the bestest of festivals, man. Bestest of bestest of them, and we we we're we're seasoned veterans of the Bang Faces, both as ravers and as part of the hard crew as well. So um, we are blessed to have been uh, able to play. There's something about Bang Face, isn't there? What do you, what, what is it? I can see the smile on your face. What is it that puts that smile on your face when you think about Bang Face? I mean, there's a few things. I think like the fact that the music policy is so diverse, but also well curated. Um, yeah. yeah. The fact that there's a very low, almost non-existent ratio of dickheads there like everyone, <laughs> all the people right. there are super nice and you're right annoying and the fact that after you've had a mad one you can actually sleep under a, a roof is always a oh, good yes bonus. yeah that's always um, a blessing yeah because i mean you know compared to a lot of festivals as well where i could probably like plan oh i'm gonna go for a nap for three hours here it's, it's almost impossible because there's always someone good that you want to see so be, so be able to sleep at the end of it is a blessing yeah that's it there's something about having the chalet and being able to go back to the chalet and wash down and clean everything off it's just things you can't do with a tent like do you know what i mean and just having somewhere exactly. you know that's safe to leave your stuff and sometimes some of the best things that happen at bang face happen in the chalets when you just go chalet hopping and uh meeting the yeah, neighbors as we always do it's almost like a house party, but you don't care too much if the people come and trash the place. Well, within reason, but like... <laughs> within you know, reason, yeah. Within deposit back reason. If, yeah, if people spill drinks all over your floor, you just got to like mop it up. It's not like ruined your carpet or anything. So. Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest house parties of the year, isn't it? Between all of those chalets and stuff like that. And you're right, yeah. like the, 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 there is always a good, a high ratio of good people to bad eggs. And sometimes yeah. they're not even bad eggs, they're just having a bad time. Yeah, I think as well, it just kind of, it's like one big family. Like, I, I know like every year I go, like, I know I'm going to bump into someone I know every like hour or whatever. Like, it, yeah, yeah, every corner you turn on the way just to the, just to the old Vic. And yeah, and in fact, the first, I think the first time I went to Bang Face, I, it was because Dave Skywalker sort of booked me to play in one of the smaller rooms. And oh, I'd cool. always wanted to go, but I didn't know anyone. Um, but I was being booked for it. So I was like, well, you know, I'm being booked. So, you know, whatever, I get to enjoy some music and stuff. But I remember from that first time, I made so many friends. And it, yeah, it wasn't awkward. It was just like people like, you know, started chatting and stuff. And I, yeah, a lot of those people, are, you know, are still good friends of mine now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I've made some mates at Bang Face that have, we, we've had on the show. Do you know what I mean? We made friends with Mark Archer and got him on the show because of Bang Faces and just all sorts, all sorts. It's such a, uh, such a good vibe and such a fun place. And uh, 
hopefully when uh, shit calms down, we can get back to one of the big raves like that. But tell you what, let's okay, let's talk okay. a little bit. Let's talk a bit about other festivals. So, have you done any other bits and pieces apart from Boomtown and Bankface? <laughs> so, no, basically they're the only two. <laughs> no, that's cool. There are other festivals I want to try and get to. I'd love to get to um, Bolter at some point. Yeah, it always yeah. looks bad. Um, but yeah, I don't, are there any festivals that you recommend that I should check out? Oh, we've been to all sorts of festivals over the years. We, you know we, we love the Lindisfarne Festival at the minute, which we're a part of, but it's just been cancelled. It's been rolled over yeah. the next year. But uh, that's yeah, a really good festival. Very small, yeah. but just, just bagged. Always oh, the one night later. raves, the one night raves over in Holland are great as well. Um, yeah, prospect things like, like prospect. Yeah, the prospect yeah. raves are amazing. <laughs> so if you're going to try and get to one, getting over to prospect's amazing. They always have multiple rooms with multiple different lineups, and you get the Dutch hospitality everywhere you go. So let's talk yeah, a little bit about the tune that you've actually picked. So is this a sort of tune that puts you in the mood for going to a festival, or give you that outdoor in the sunshine feeling, or? So actually, um, so this track by DJ Shimamura came out just before sort of Bang Face um, this year. Um, and the, the album it's on is sort of CD only, but a friend of mine who was coming to Bang Face from Japan um, brought the album over for me because it had just come out, um, oh, which was, I was really lucky because it meant I got to play it before barely anyone else sort of had it. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it gives me good memories of sort of the last rave any of us basically went to. Um, and, yeah, it, it, I love the tune anyway, and it, it went off. Um, so, it, yeah, it just brings good memories of, of that last bang face. That's good enough reason. Uh, that is definitely good enough reason to whack the tune on. And so, um, as a bit of a festival fever moment and in dedication to the last rave, before the world got fucking locked down because of a blow fighting the head off a pack, um, let's crack on and let's get a little bit of Army Laptop just died's funky chorus.
There's a little bit of DJ Shamamura, spunky chorus, a bit of 2020 loveliness for everyone. And that, as we said, is the festival fever moment being played out for Mr. Jagged and Josh, who's on the line with us today on the On The Rave podcast. Let's stroll into section five, Addy, which is... Shared discoveries. Lovely. So there's lots and lots of music out there and lots and lots of artists who all deserve praise, but... Maybe there's someone out there that you think deserves a little bit more of a push. So we're offering you the platform to say, everyone, go and listen to this person. So if you allowed one person to push a little bit like that, who would you like to push and why? So this was another tricky one because, like I said, I'm, I'm terrible. At, if someone says, what's your favourite this or what's your one, I'm like, I'm going to have to give you 10. But... <laughs> I, <laughs> I had some, I exercised some self-restraint and the person that I picked was um, a guy who's been a friend of mine for actually back from the days of MySpace. I've known, I've known him that long. Um, Wowzer, MySpace. Yeah, um, it's, it's a friend of mine from, uh, I think it's from New York. His name's T2 Kazuya. Um, and he sort of, I guess I got to know him because he was sort of into the sort of Japanese hardcore stuff as well and and used to make some sort of like jake or influence stuff but his stuff now he's sort of one thing i like about particular artists is when they've got like a defined sound to them which is only them um and will t2 kazuya definitely has that with his stuff there's his stuff's got a very futuristic sound to it and there's a lot of interesting sound design but it's still banging hardcore as well so yeah, um, and another thing, another reason I picked him is because he's sorely underrated. Like, there's a few other people I was going to pick, and I was like, yeah, they've got just as many followers as as me. 
you know, so I was like, you know, let's give the spotlight to someone who, you know, could use a push. Um, and so, yeah, that's okay. why I could, uh, him. Yeah, sweet. So where can people find him? Where do you think the best place to get him is? Um, so he's on SoundCloud, like everyone, I think. Uh, so I think his name on there is soundcloud.com forward slash T2Kazuya. He's also on Bandcamp. So most of his stuff is self-released. He did do a, a really good album on Future World a while back, um, but most of his stuff is sort of independent now. So yeah, check out his Bandcamp. Um, I think like pretty much every release on there is like name your price. So if you want to support him, you can. If you just want to check it out, it's basically costs nothing. So yeah, he's at uh, t2kazoo.bandcamp.com as well. There you go, everyone. So what I'll do, I will bang a link to those places in the comments down below. So as always, <laughs> ladies and gents, on YouTube or on Podbean, you can go into the comments section. You'll be able to click on the link and go straight to the shared discovery. Um, which track is it that you've picked to play? Um, so the track of his I picked is a track called Hyacinth, just because it's got a really nice melodic intro and build up, and then it goes into a really sort of wonky, strange drop, but is really banging as well. So um, yeah, all about the wonky and strange. Absolutely, <laughs> all about the wonky and strange. So. Um, for everyone, here's the shared discovery on the podcast. Um, uh, the tune is called Hyacinth.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, section six of the On the Road podcast is the moment where I ask my compatriots in high span. It's me. And I'm going to start off pretty much the same as the last show. You are making your way into Pontins in, in the lovely Southport. You walk past some giant crocodiles. There's some dubious mini golf going on and there's some people hanging around with big bottles of Buckfast, but you push you past them and past some dodgy security and uh, you're making your way past the giant 303 into the Queen Vic and then there's a DJ on he's played the best tune that you've ever heard in your life. Are you hands in the air or are you screw facing down? Ooh, I, I have to go for, if it's a real banger, it's got to be screw face. Way there we go. Yeah, yeah. What is it? What sort of tune then puts that screw on your face? What sort of? Is there a certain genre or is there a certain sound? Um, I think it's for the most part. It's if if a track's just like really aggy, like you know, aggy. (laughs) (laughs) I go aggressive. Choice word to describe. It is a choice word. Like just you know, when a tune's just aggy, amazing. Yeah. So you know, a lot of. See, a lot of drum and bass is actually, to me, quite, like, clinical, but there's some drum and bass, like, some, like, DJ Hazard tunes where it's just, like, raw, like, like, the mix downs are a bit rough and the track's just a bit rough around the edges and those kinds of tracks, like, are just pure aggression. (laughs) Like, yeah. Spot on, yeah. I'm sure that I've been in the crowd during DJ Hidden and had a screw face on as well. I'm sure I've seen you do that between bumbling around and being too famous. Yes. Yeah. I, I do like uh, I do like standard aggression <laughs> in everything. The one that's called after parties. If a if a tra- track makes us want to flip over a coffee table and just break it into bits, that's a uh, that's exactly the track I want. <laughs> Whatever's gonna hurt the people who own the household. So, um, cool. So at least we're now, we know, we know you're a screw face. Uh, is there ever a sort of moment where you would be arms in the air? Is there a sound that could do that to you? Or do you think you're mostly screw face, you know, punching the deck and just enjoying, enjoying Agent Orange a little bit? So, I mean, you know, if the track is really good, I, I would say they're probably not like mutually exclusive, but, um, de- definitely if it, if it, you know, if it really, you know, bangs, then it's going to be screw face. But if, you know, if it's, if it's just a great track that I like, then definitely I'll throw my hands in the air. Sound. So, um, you just told us a little story there while we were, while we were, uh, in between cut about why you picked these two tracks. So, um, this is the moment, Addy, where? Pep, 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 pep. I haven't got an air horn. I normally have an air horn, but uh, it's a calves and we're not allowed to see each other, so I can, I've got to use my mouth air horn. Pep, pep. It's a two and a one, I guess. It is a two and a one. We've gone and got a bit of wild card played for section six, which is a cool little place to play the wild card. So um, you were telling us beforehand a little story about why you picked the two different tracks. So tell her a little bit about the first one and we'll drop that and then we'll come back in and you can tell her all about your wild card. Oh, yeah. So. The first track I picked um, because it was a track as a DJ that it was a track as a DJ that just really went off for me. Um, so this track I got, it wasn't released, but I got sent it um, by the guy who made it um, after I asked very nicely. I was like, I've got a gig coming up and I really want to play this. Um, and amazingly, it was like, yep, 
here you go. Um, and the gig I played it at was probably in terms of attendance, like the biggest gig I've played. It was in Chicago. Um, funnily enough, it was at an anime convention. I have a strange venue for a rave, but um, it, there was must have been something like a thousand odd people, maybe more. Um, and I dropped this track, which you know not a lot of people had at the time because it was basically unreleased. And I dropped it, and it went off. And hearing the, you know hearing the tune on a massive rig as well, it just I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. Um, so it was a, it was at a big convention. So was there like a sea of people dressed as Sailor Moon and Wookies and stuff like that going absolutely yep. off? Yep. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. I'd, 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 be, I'd be so up for that. Like, that sounds absolutely mint. Just off the top of your head, what was the raggedest costume you can pick out of the crowd? Oh, you know, there's, there's some, some really funny costumes. You know, there's people like dressed as like a YouTube video and they've just got like the YouTube frame here and like <laughs> <laughs> walking around like that. Um, and yeah, just, you know, really like niche video game characters as well as a lot of them um so it was a games con you were at so it's an anime convention but i think that brings a sort of geeky sort of demographic so there are people who dress as like video game characters as well um and stuff like that there you know there's a, a lot of overlap so get in well uh let's get this first track on then and get it beasted out for everyone um so the tune that you've picked is by the amazing Ritlin and it is called Welcome to the Aerodome.
everyone there was a little bit of welcome to the aerodome by the amazing Ritalin. um yeah what a what a what a good guy and a big 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 sound he was massive at the time when kanji kinetic and squire and stuff were like coming through weren't they yeah well, he's come back a bit as well like they well all the mutant bass guys have started to make a bit of a resurgence and yeah tim Ritalin's making some bangers now as well nice doing the streams and stuff yeah, well, making tunes as well. And there was a mutant based live stream, which I got involved with. Uh, was it last weekend? It was past couple of weeks anyway. Um, and yeah, it was a big turnout for that in terms of viewers. Um, and it was great to hear, yeah, Kanji, Ritalin, Sample Junkie, all sort of playing new stuff. So yeah. Man, the boys back in town and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Sound. <laughs> cool. Well, let's track on and talk about your wild card. So um, you've picked a second track here. Do you want to tell a little bit about why you picked this one? Yeah. Who so it's by? This one, um, so this track's by uh, Billen, who's a, a drum and bass neurofunk producer from, I think he's from Sarajevo. Um, it's kind of a, a weird place for drum and bass producers to come from. Um, but yeah, this track reminds me of actually Billen's set 
at Bang Face Weekender. Um, I guess that would have been 2015, around that time. Anyway, he played a set there. Um, and I, I love his tunes anyway. Like he, his, his stuff is so densely filled with just interesting sounds and stuff, but also bangs at the same time. It is rare for some like a drum bass producer to make a tune that bangs, but also has interesting sort of sounds in it. But he uh, smashes it in both regards. Um, so it reminds me of his set because one thing that's quite typical about like from a bass music, right? I guess even hardcore music as well is, you know, in a lot of tunes, there's a breakdown section where it gives everyone a bit of a rest to throw their hands in the air and, you know, have a sip of their drink before they go nuts again. But this set yeah, that- before that all important second drop. That second, <laughs> that second drop, man, like that can be the most lethal one there. You do, you get that little bit of build up. You get a moment to wipe your brow, to take a deep breath, to just look left and right and go, right, he's there, he's there, Kush, I'm amongst good people. And then that second drop just comes in and knock you silly. Yeah. So this set from Billin, it was interesting in the fact he basically never played a, bla- a, a breakdown. Um, it was it was an hour long like you know any other set and just any time the track was about to get into the breakdown he started fading in the next track and every track he was playing them for about maybe 32 bars and it was just relentless just as the track was about to pan out it didn't pan out it just went into the next drop and and every track was you know banged in its own way and it was just it was nuts. Like, you know, I was exhausted, but there was no way I could sit down because it was just, it was just too fucking good. Yeah. One of those ones where no matter how tired you are, you're definitely seeing it through. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, after that set, I definitely needed to sit down in the corner for a bit, but. Was, <laughs> yeah, Recharge your batteries outside the Queen Vic. Yeah. Whoops. So, sorry. That's me getting notifications to say that KJ Sorgas releasing new videos there we go there's a new kj swagger for everyone to have a look at so let's crack on and play this actual tune for everyone um and the tune that you've picked is from um uh, meth lab 2 and the name is it's called metal jaws um the reason i picked this one particularly it wasn't released at the time that he played this set but i love the way the drop has this drunk feel to it like this really <laughs> just like yeah it's great get in let's get it on Thank <laughs> you. 
well, there you have it. There's a little bit of Dylan with some amazing metal jaws um, from the awesome label Bad Taste, um, which just has some absolutely disgusting music being played out on that all of the time. So, cool. Let's crack on with section seven of the podcast, which is the dedication section. So, DJs are often asked to play tracks for people, but we're turning that on that head, and we are asking whether or not there is a track that you would like to play for someone out there. So, is there someone out there that you would like to play a track for? Um, what track would you like to play and why does it Reiki remind you of this person so it's a bit of a weird one so um the the track is by the person that I'm, I'm dedicating it to um it's a track by an artist called new foundation um he used to be um he was a, he was a good friend of mine and unfortunately about eight years ago um passed away um but the time that I was friends with him and stuff um, was when I was first getting into producing music and he always gave me a lot of really good advice um, and always told me to just, if, if I want to do something, just do it, just just have a go at it. Um, and I guess the reason I wanted to dedicate this tune to him is just to um, show that, you know, I still think of him still when I'm doing stuff now and um, and yeah. You know, if, if I want to do something now, I'm just like, well, Mikey would have said, just go and do it, just have a go.
but ladies and gentlemen, that was New Foundation in Your Head, the lovely dedication track being played out on the On The Road podcast this time out. We're going to stroll into section eight, which is the bone of contention. That is... Guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. I was waiting for Addy to, cl- uh, to clock on and say that, but you beat him to it. You beat him to the tagline of his own podcast. So what we'll do, we'll talk a little bit about guilty pleasures. So... Um, Guilty pleasures, where do you lie on them? Do you, do you believe they are a thing? And do you have any guilty pleasures in life before we chat about music? Oh, I, I'm not sure I can talk about them on the podcast, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all friends here. No one judges. Well, uh, I'll leave it, you know, I don't want to say anything incriminating, but, um, <laughs> but uh, in, t- in terms of your question about um, where, where do I lie with guilty pleasures um when you sent me this questionnaire it was a tricky one because certainly when it comes to music um i do like a lot of weird stuff anyway and to say it would be a guilty pleasure would kind of be disingenuous because a lot of the time i'm i'm quite eager to to show people weird shit that i found like stuff on youtube or whatever so picking it i kind of pick something that was kind of quite out of place with everything else. Um, in yeah, and if if someone didn't know me that well and just knew my music and stuff like that, they would kind of be like, you know, what the fuck have <laughs> you chosen? Right. So so what what is what is it that you've chosen, and why why do you think people would say what the fuck? So I, I tried to pick something that was also sort of in in keeping with the. Theme of, like you know the general vibe of the podcast um, the general rave aesthetic that we have here at the on the rave podcast and thank you very much for that yeah at the same time yeah it's a bit of a curveball so this track is by um a japanese girl group called team shachihoko um who i was put onto by a friend of mine because actually although the, their stuff is kind of quite eccentric sort of j-pop they've had a few credible credible people remix their tunes like they did a collab with like basement jacks um really? and they've had some yeah <laughs> and they've right. had like some proper like drum and bass artists like remix their songs but i mean I'm gonna have to look so, into this cause yeah yeah i'm gonna have to as well when i did I, this list when i did this list my pick for this section was baby metal because there's just oh, something right. about Japanese girl bands that I absolutely love. So as soon oh, as you started spinning that, there was like you genuinely just turned my head. This isn't going to be a guilty pleasure for me. I'm going to I'm going to dig them out after this and find out. It will be a guilty pleasure, Gav. Uh, I can guarantee that. After watching this video, it's fucking one of the most mental things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Get in, spot on. Uh, well, yeah, you you really you've intrigued both of us here. You've tipped. Tipped it, haven't you? Hasn't you there, Addy? Yes, I, um, I'm, I'm going to have to look into these much, much deeper. <laughs> it's funny that you um you said baby metal because I was tempted to pick uh, Gimme Chocolate as well. Oh, which is banger. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's an absolute banger. Yeah, yeah. Which is the same tune that... Did I pick, I pick Gimme you Chocolate? You picked that on your second list. Yeah, yeah. And um, they actually... It was the first time we got a copyright strike because uh, we got a copyright strike off them. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, is it te- what, what, what team Sachiko? Team Okay, it's called. There we go. There we go. Spot on. Well, I tell you what, then, because you've got we're intrigued. Why don't we get a little bit of it played for everyone? Um, 
So um, probably my new hidden obsession. Um, uh, let's get a, gu a bit of guilty pleasures played for everyone. Um, this is on Warner Brothers, Addy. We're definitely getting pulled We're on definitely, YouTube. Definitely, definitely. 100% <laughs> get the copyright strike. They fucking hate us. Might have to just speed it up a bit. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Spawn, well, let's get a bit of guilty pleasures played.
Okay, so that was uh, Tensai Bakabon by Team Shachi Hoke. Mint, spotty dog. I didn't want to touch that pronunciation, so I passed it over to the person who had suggested it. So let us all know in the comments below whether or not you think that is a guilty pleasure or whether or not you think it should just be worn on a sleeve and that everyone should be proud of it. Um, speaking of pride and proud, let's move on to some proper musical talk and let's crack on a little bit about goats. So um, the greatest of all time is a moniker that gets thrown around a lot. Um, uh, and uh, we're wondering whether or not you currently have a goat or if there is someone who stands out as your goat. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about them and then uh, them and then uh, tell everyone who it is and we'll crack a tune on? Yeah, sure. So again, when you sent me these questions, because I'm just terrible at picking one, um, just to say who's, who's my greatest of all time, I was kind of like, that's that's a tough one because I think with me, I, I certainly sort of go between things that I'm really into. Like I get really obsessed with one thing and then come to something else. Um, and so there were a couple of contenders that I was trying to pick between. Um, it was either going to be Scott Brown because he's just a legend, both of course, yeah, yeah, legacy, and he's created with the hundreds of bangers he's he's written, um, and also he's just a lovely guy as well. When I've met him, um, and you know, proper joker and stuff, um, yeah, thirty odd aliases that he was saying last time out, yeah, thirty years I counted that, thirty eight yeah. aliases, Jesus. Uh, so I didn't pick him, and I hope you know he forgives me if. If, he's, if he watches this. <laughs> if he is watching this, ping one message and answer the questions, mate. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to get him involved. It'd be interesting hearing his answers. But, uh, yeah, it definitely would be. Yeah, so the person I went for instead um, is more of a recent, not that recent, but more recent than Scott Brown, I guess, Discovery. Um, and that's uh, Titch of Off Me Nut Records, a.k.a. SpongeBob SquareWave, aka half of Squaragothos, aka he's got so many aliases. Um, yeah, a few less than Scott Brown, but yeah, still many, many an alias. And yeah, again, someone who, someone who uh, we've met multiple times. Um, we had him on for a gig in Newcastle that, to this day, is the only time I have ever financially gained from a rave. Um, and I was putting raves down for twelve years, maybe in the middle of my life. And I managed to make money once, and it was because of these lovely, lovely gentlemen. What is it about Titch? What is it about SpongeBob SquareWave and Squire of Gothos that that, that really that really get you going? So I guess um, Titch in general, I just think is amazing because of. Firstly, I didn't realise that basically half the artists on Off Me Nut Records are just him or him with someone else. Um, and when I found that out, I was like. Well, you know, he's he can basically put his hand to anything. Um, he can do a know. bit of everything, can't he? He's you know he's even done like like sludge metal and chip tune and stuff. It's like, yeah, he's um, it's ridiculous. Um, particularly, the thing I love about SpongeBob SquareWave is that, I mean, it takes the best out of a few different sort of genres that I like. So I think most of the tracks under that name are like 200 BPM and they borrow bits from like breakcore and UK hardcore and stuff. And, and one thing that I've always found that's not very common is sort of fast 
music that's like a breakcore tempo that's also melodic and banging as well and although a lot of the tracks are quite silly and that they're like bootlegs of things there's definitely just this really euphoric but you know really fast-paced vibe about all the tunes he does under under that alias yeah yeah absolutely i mean he, he does such a wide range of stuff i mean uh, they'll be remembered for some of the bigger ones they've done like um what better way has got something like four million players on Spotify when I was looking earlier today, which is just an absolute tune between the crazy banger bits and the, the piano and stuff like that. And then like an anthem at the sort of wobbly bass line nights that was played in Newcastle for ages was, is it Gloves, Gloves, Hat, Hood? Like, which is another um, just totally, totally silly tune, but it's just absolutely amazing. Like, and what a fucking, it, it's a beast. And that, that bass line sound coming out of Sheffield's got its own, crazy identity but they really do turn their hat to everything and a few of the lads are really good there as well because mikey is it mikey dankel um who's a really nice bloke as well he came up to newcastle and just absolutely smashed it like really good lads yeah the off the nut lads are really good lads like so um cool so um certainly for the past couple of years it's it's not uncommon for like pretty much most of my sets will end because I, I usually try and end on a really high BPM tune just as a final sort of. Fuck you to the person who's on next. <laughs> I know that, like that trick well, Gav. I know that trick well. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the nights I play at, people aren't going to clear the dance floor after that anyway, but I just like to really just push everyone's energy to the max at the end. And so it's not uncommon for me to finish on a SpongeBob square wave tune. Um, yeah. Cool. So um, of all of the ones out there, um, which one do you think sort of best encapsulates SpongeBob SquareWave? What track should people put on? Um, you can find them all over YouTube. And again, you can find them on the likes of Bandcamp and on, the, on their own website as well, can't you? Yeah. So um, the one that I've picked here is not necessarily the one that I'd say is most uh, typical of him. Um, uh, for that I'd say maybe like um one that I really loved and I played quite a lot was um R. Kelly. Well it's called Our Kelly. Um it's just like a, a medley of like R. Kelly tunes at 200 BPM and the the drop in the bit after it plays that I believe I can fly vocal is just fucking mental. Um but I I didn't pick that one this time. I picked one from his latest album because uh yeah, I you know, wanted to promote something new of his and this is probably one of my favourite tracks from the, from the new album. Uh, it's called Put the Squeeze On. Um, this one, I don't think particularly, like most of the tracks on the album are kind of very blatant bootlegs of two or three songs, whereas this track is kind of mostly an original thing in its own right. Um, I think there is a vocal bit in the middle, but um, but yeah, it's, it's a banger and it's... It, Again, like I was saying about like tunes that are real screw face tunes, this this one's certainly one of those for me. Yeah, ticks that box. Does. Spot on. Right, well, let's return to the rave and get a bit of SpongeBob Square Waves whopped on. This is put the squeeze on. Put the squeeze on, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it. Put the squeeze, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put put the squeeze, put the squeeze on, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze on it, put put the squeeze on, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put put the squeeze, put the squeeze on, put the squeeze on it. 
put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put the put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, 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 put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put the squeeze, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, put the put the squeeze, put the squeeze on it, the squeeze on it.
the, the SpongeBob SquareWave, put the squeeze, put the squeeze on, and again, we'll whop some links in the description so that everybody can find out where they can get a little bit of off me nut in their lives. We've managed to get through another one of these podcasts, Addy, all the way through. Um, we'd like to thank Josh Jackazid for sitting Josh. down and having a bit. Sitting down having a bit of banter with these two mad bastards. Um, as I say, you were recommended to us by someone a couple of podcasts ago. Um, and it's really nice to get to sit down and we've got to like discover your music and um, have a good chat with you. So um, we're going to tie it all off with Section 10, which is the personal anthem. And I believe you've actually picked one of your tracks. Yeah, I thought it'd be a wasted opportunity not to get some uh, selfless... Uh, self <laughs> What's the word? We, I, self-promotion, exactly. I love me. Who do you love? So um, what's the name of the track? Where can people find it if they want to find a little bit more of your work? So this track's called Technique Checker. It's on a Japanese compilation, which fortunately, unlike a lot of them, this one's available digitally and on Spotify now. So it is easy to get hold of. Um, it's on the album Hazard, Hazard Attack 3, which is on Lillian Records. Um, and I picked it because... In terms of my own tracks, it's probably one of my most recent ones that, although, well, I, did, I made it three years ago now, but it's one that I've not got tired of playing because it, for me, it just, it's still, um, it, it says a lot about me as a producer, but it also just bangs in general, I think. Spot on. Right, well, as you said, thank you very much for sitting down and having a bit crack for work. Um, and this track, as you said, is Jack Zid with a little bit of technique checker. Josh, say goodbye to all the way of us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Josh. Cheers, Josh. Check the technique. Check the technique. Check the technique. Check the technique. Check the technique.
Well, that was a lovely, lovely, lovely bit of self-promotion there by a lovely bloke who sat down and had a good crack with me and Addy there. What a nice lad, Josh is. He is. What a nice man. What a nice man. Yeah, and what a good selection of tunes. And I've already had an earful. And uh, yeah, that guilty pleasure is fucking crazy. (laughs) I told you that shit was metal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That, that's proper crazy. The video for it's absolutely nuts. You should dive onto YouTube and get your face full of it, as we've said. But we've come to the end of another one of these podcasts. Uh, I believe that was podcast number 38 of these hardcore histories, Addy. We're getting ever, ever so close out of doing this number fucking 40. Like, cracking in. Cracking in. Cracking in. would see in Ashton. In Ashton, where they eat her digs and in take their day for a week. And they have candy flares. I didn't know they had candy flares. That's yeah, a new candy one on flares and a hair Any case, speaking of Ashington, um, let's get a little bit craziness on the go, Addy. It's about time for you to crack on and share with everybody this installment of super science silliness. So, well, the what science, you got? To, to celebrate the fact that Netflix are rebooting Unsolved Mysteries, which was. A stable TV show of my childhood. I've taken uh, a bit of fucking spooky science, and I'm going to bring it to you all. This is uh, this is evil intent with unexplained sounds. Ooh, there we go. A little bit of evil intent. Um, uh, there are some. Sp- spot on spot on way to end yet another one of these podcasts thank you everyone for listening and for sitting down and tuning in and putting up with our bullshit um uh, again it is very very lovely that you invite us into our homes um and it's lovely then just get in touch with word feedback and stuff like that so leave some comments and addy will read them out and we'll crack on and get a little bit of science on the go for everyone it's been lovely having you all stop by my name is gav i'm addy and we are now off the rib. Don't explain the sound. For no apparent reason. Give me psychic power in the mind of an individual. Experts call this poltergeist activity. Some believe that such activity is not caused by ghosts, but rather by psychokinesis, which unconsciously moves up through space. Explain something.
unexplained sounds. Objects that move for no apparent reason. Hidden psychic power in the mind of an individual. Experts call this poltergeist activity. Some believe that such activity is not caused by ghosts, but rather by psychokinesis, which unconsciously moves on in space. Unexplained sounds. Explain the sound.